Warning. This episode contains graphic depictions of sexual abuse involving minors. Listener discretion is strongly advised. It's quite clear that the the main defendant, Michael, um, used his position as a pastor to access children within the congregation to then undertake what he would term spiritual bathing, but using that activity to commit sexual offences against those children. Child abuse. They would sacrifice animals. Does it make you want to hate murder or does it make you want to do murder? Let's explore the darkness of mankind, one crime at a time. Welcome back to Rogue Darkness, the podcast that uncovers how the misinterpretations and misinformation surrounding witchcraft, the occult, and other beliefs have led many to do unthinkable crimes. From ritualistic killings and the demons that live in all of us, to exploration of the macabre and delving deep into the unknown. Let's explore the darkness of mankind, one crime at a time. I'm your host of the grim and gruesome, Raven. Let's go rogue and get right into today's chilling crime. The disturbing case of Michael Alarombi, the abusive leader of a horrifying cult referred to as the Birmingham Bathing Cult where the ongoing rape and abuse of several children took place for over two decades, all in the name of cleansing their souls and to protect the children from the devil. But let's start off from the very beginning. Beginning in the year of 1989, self-proclaimed prophet and small church leader Michael Elarambi began slowly implanting in the minds of his young congregants that in order to ward off evil spirits and to cleanse them of any wrongdoing, they needed to partake in ritual baths, which he held in an upstairs bathroom of the house where his congregation met, in Birmingham, England. Olorombi's church was an offshoot of the Eternal Sacred Order of Cherubim and Seraphim, a church denomination in Nigeria that focused heavily on the connection between God and humanity. A heavy emphasis on spiritual and physical healing through prayer was prominent within the church. Being from Nigeria himself, Alarombi took the beliefs and teachings from the Cherubim and Seraphim Church and then created his own church as a branch off of it. His church was extremely small with approximately 40 members, but those members were dedicated congregates who wholeheartedly believed in Alarombi's teachings and took his word for fact. It's been reported that after the soon-to-be-discussed crimes took place and came to public light, Many of the congregates that were abused by Alarambi said that he had a strong hold over the members, and rather than feeling like a welcoming, safe church, it ended up being very much like a controlling cult. As mentioned, Alarambi first began his abuse back in 1989 while giving the younger members of his church spiritual baths, which took place in an upstairs bathroom in the home where the church met. With the aid of his wife, Alarambi would have the young victim stripped down, either completely naked or only garmented with a red sash, and would then tell them that they would become a witch or that they would fail their school exams if they resisted or rejected the inflicted abuse. The child's minds were filled with frightening beliefs that they would be cursed or consumed by evil, and therefore the ritual baths and his actions during and after those baths were a means of purification and even holiness. Alarambi reportedly rationalized that his actions were of God's instruction and that the cleansing rituals would actually protect them against the forces of evil. 
The abuse was severe, including first forcing the children to drink perfume, sexually assault them during the ritual bath, and then proceeding to rape them after the bath was complete. It was reported that El Arambi had raped his victims a minimum of 88 times total. The known victims were six young girls and one young boy, but Birmingham locals and authorities alike speculate that there were even more victims. Some of the known victims had been unfortunately abused even as they matured into adulthood. His youngest victim was reportedly only eight years old at the time of the abuse. It was reported that Alarambi's wife, Juliana, had even organized several abortions on the victims after four of the girls had become pregnant after the coerced molestations had taken place. Alongside arranging clinical abortions, being a qualified pharmacist himself, Michael Alarambi was able to access medications that would induce abortions, which he would sometimes give to the victims in place of a clinical visit. It was reported that three of the victims had been given multiple abortions, with one receiving at least five or six abortions when she was still only in secondary school. She was just a child herself, forcibly involved in horrific acts brought on by her church leader, then forced to have her body mutilated to keep Olorombi's sick obsession ongoing. It honestly makes me sick, and these poor victims never deserved any of this. My heart goes out to each and every one of them. When word of the ongoing abuse surfaced, reportedly by one of the victim's relatives who had confronted El Arambi, he quickly blamed the devil for forcing him to commit the heinous acts, claiming he was an animal and he couldn't control his urges. It wasn't until May of 2018 when Michael El Arambi was finally arrested at Birmingham Airport when he was attempting to travel back to Nigeria, shortly after he had been confronted regarding the massively negative impact his actions had on the victims that would likely last their lifetime. It can only be assumed that he was leaving the country to try and escape getting caught for his actions. But luckily, he and his wife were arrested and taken into custody to face their actions. Michael and Juliana went on trial for a total of nine weeks, ultimately ending in January of last year. On January 10th, 2020, Michael and Juliana Alarambi were each convicted of multiple child sexual offenses. Michael Alarambi received a total of 24 convictions, which included 15 counts of rape. All three of Juliana's convictions were for aiding and abetting rape by organizing concealment abortions. Georgina Hewins of the Crown Prosecution Service stated that, this case involved the serious and sustained sexual abuse of vulnerable young children by a religious leader. The young age of the victims greatly increases the seriousness of these offenses. Judge Sarah Buckingham called Alarambi arrogant, selfish, and vain. Looking in the face of Michael Alarambi, she stated, The children feared you, and this enabled you to continue your grip. Your offending has had an extreme and severe impact on all of your complainants. In my judgment, your offending must be one of the worst cases of sexual abuse of multiple children to come before the courts. Before the sentencing and conclusion of their trial, several of the victims and their family members stood up in the court to make statements. According to an article from BBC News, in statements read to the court, one of the victims, now in her 30s, said that Alarambi had taken her innocence, her youth, and her purity as a child. 
Another victim stood up and said, I used to eat soap until I was physically sick so I could get rid of this man's mark on me inside and out. One last woman stood up and stated that, I don't think I can ever place my faith in religion again. I trusted him because he was like God on earth. These statements show how damaging Elorombi's actions were, not only to the innocent victims involved, but also to the families, the friends, and the community as a whole. Traumatizing these trusting children in such a horrific manner is downright disgraceful. On the final day of the trial, on March 6th of 2020, Michael Alarambi was sentenced to 34 years in prison, while his wife, Juliana, was sentenced to 11 years for her involvement. Detective Inspector Dave Sprossen of the West Midlands Police stated, these were sickening crimes committed against children who had put their trust in Elorambi and looked up to him. I hope his conviction offers some closure to the victims, and I would like to thank them for their bravery throughout the trial. So that was the sickening case of Michael Elorambi and his bathing cult, and how they used manipulation and persuasive tactics to abuse the minds and bodies of numerous young church members. Let me know your thoughts on this case, and if you have any questions regarding it or any other cases I've covered, feel free to contact me at roguedarknesspod at gmail.com. You can also reach me directly on Instagram or Twitter at rogue underscore darkness. I'm always interested in hearing your thoughts on cases I've covered, as well as hear any suggestions you may have for future ones you'd like to hear. As always, if you like what you hear on Rogue Darkness, please help spread the word by sharing it with your family and friends, by word of mouth, or on your socials. And also be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes, or wherever else you can leave a review, to let other listeners know you enjoy the pod. By rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing the show, you are directly helping me out, and I'm so grateful for all of your love and support. And if you enjoy watching discussions on true crime in video format, I highly recommend you go give my YouTube channel a look as I'm slowly turning my podcast episodes into beautiful videos. The link is down below, so be sure to check it out and don't forget to subscribe. And if you're looking for more ways to support the pod, I do have a Ko-fi page set up, so if you ever want to check it out to become a monthly member for additional content and exclusive incentives, or to submit a one-time donation, the link is down below. Any support on there is always greatly appreciated, but it's never expected. You can also go one step further to show your love for the pod and get yourself some Rogue Darkness merch through my Bonfire merch store. The link to my Bonfire shop is down below, so definitely check it out and show your support by gearing up in Rogue Darkness style. And with that said, that concludes this week's episode of Rogue Darkness. The darkness is all around us, and I can confidently say that reality truly is more terrifying than fiction. Until next time. Twelve-year-old Alex Hurley, eight-year-old Rico Roundtree, eighteen-year-old Trayana Somerville, one-year-old Serenity Sutley, two-year-old Dante Mullinix, 
six-year-old Corey Michelow, two-week-old Kalia McNabb. What do these kids have in common? They were fundamentally failed by the very people they trusted with their lives. Suffer the Little Children is the true crime podcast giving voices back to the victims of child abuse and shining a harsh spotlight on the parents, guardians, and caretakers who silence them. I'm your host, Lane. Each week, I take a deep dive into the story of an abused and murdered child, often conducting interviews with family members, prosecutors, or other major players in the cases I cover. Calling attention to these tragic stories is important not only to keep the children's memories alive, but also to educate the public about common and lesser-known signs of child abuse. These kids deserve to have their stories told and their voices heard. Listen to Suffer the Little Children on your favorite podcast platform, on YouTube, or at SufferTheLittleChildrenPod.com.